Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So we are roughly about one week away from the third installment of the Bill and Ted series, which is called Bill and Ted Face the Music. And I thought that it would make it a perfect time to go back and revisit the first film. So, hey, why not? Let's go all the way back to 1989 and the Stephen Herrick-directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure tells the story of Bill and Ted, two seemingly dumb high school students. I know the term that they use on the internet movie database is dim-witted, and yes, they're definitely dim-witted, and they seem to not be very intelligent. However, they are smart in their own way, and it's an interesting way that the movie carries this out. But anyway, Bill and Ted are about to fail their history exam, and well, if they don't do good on their final project, they will fail, and Ted's going to go to military school. The plot also involves Rufus, played by George Carlin, who comes from a utopian future that is based off the ideals of Bill and Ted's music. And that's right, Bill and Ted are also musicians in the future, not so much in the past or present day, and their band Wild Stallions inspired world peace and a utopian-like society. If this movie sounds ridiculous, it definitely is. And if you've never seen this film, I highly recommend you check it out. The biggest piece of the plot that I have not mentioned yet is the fact that they time travel in a phone booth. That's right. It sounds sort of like a Doctor Who type of scenario. And well, apparently they weren't too concerned with that. Even though Bill and Ted themselves were originally supposed to time travel in a van, but it was too similar to Back to the Future, so they decided to change that. My own history with this movie is that I actually have good memories of it. I remember seeing this one in theaters all the way back in 1989. This one here is actually kind of funny though because it was shot in 1987 and the dates in the movie are 1988. However, it had that 1989 release. And that was because the production company actually went and went out of business. It was picked up by Orion Pictures for release. It's just kind of fascinating to me that this one was, I guess, more or less shelved, even though it wasn't really shelved, but it was more or less completed and threatened to be shut down. And it's just actually a long road from 1987 to 1989 when you're making a film, and then you're going to have a film that is possibly going to be canceled or shut down. The fact that they were forward-thinking enough to actually set the movie in 1988, but then it wound up getting released in 1989 is just something I find funny, that's all. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is definitely a product of its time. It definitely feels like it's firmly in the 80s, and some of the jokes don't really hold up. Some of the direction is kind of on the spotty side. It definitely shows its age in many ways. However, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think director Stephen Herrick was probably a good director for it. I think he had a stronger outing with the movie Critters. That's right, this is from the same director as Critters. And overall, what we get is pretty fun. 
just some of the humor and gags and jokes and such feel a little bit on the off side, but that's only because it has that 80s comedic editing and timing. And I don't know how to describe that, but you'll definitely know it if you've watched any of these comedies from that era. But as I stated, if that sounds like it's a negative, it's really not. It's just a criticism, but I would say that it's a good criticism. I think the whole idea of Bill and Ted actually traveling through time to meet up with different important figures throughout history, I think it's actually a cool idea, and I really like the way it's done in this movie. I think a lot of the different characters, whether you know Abraham Lincoln, Sigmund Freud, Beethoven, Billy the Kid, Socrates, uh, the last... Well, the last few there, I mean, they do manage to screw up Beethoven's name and Socrates, which should be no surprise, uh, as they call Beethoven Beethoven, and Socrates is Socrates. So it's kind of funny, and I do like the fact that they meet all of the people on their time travels that are actually at the very beginning of the movie when they're in history class. Oh, and I actually forgot to mention Napoleon. I actually really like Napoleon in this movie. Uh, The guy that plays him, it's funny to me that he plays a role as, like, a straight and serious type of performance. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous with the way they have the character of Napoleon written as far as being the fish-out-of-water comedy. But... I think it's great on the actor's part to uh, to play that as a serious role. The script by Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson is actually still pretty witty as far as some of its time travel stuff and ideas that they have. I think it's a little bit of a stretch as far as some of the time travel stuff and Bill and Ted just have to more or less remember it and then it happens in present day. I think that's a little bit far-fetched, however... It's entertaining for the way it's done. It's just not very sound as far as making complete sense. But the movie itself as a whole doesn't make sense. And we're here along for the ride on this excellent adventure. So I'm willing to let that slide. It's just straight up fun. This was a fun movie. It should be noted that Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson actually went and wrote quite a few other films together. Seems like they did go their separate ways a little bit, but they did other films such as the movie Mom and Dad Save the World. So they have actually worked together quite a few different times. You do have their separate works. I want to bring this up because Ed Solomon wrote one of the drafts of, I'm assuming the final shooting draft of the Super Mario Brothers film. And then you also have Chris Matheson, who wrote a favorite by Marvin and Will, which is a goofy movie. Chris Matheson just so happens to be son of one of my favorite writers, and that would be Richard Matheson, who was actually a writer on the original Twilight Zone. Uh, If you listen to some past episodes, you might have heard me say that already, but I just wanted to bring that up here. Of course, uh, Chris Matheson never reached the same heights as his father. However, I think Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is still a pretty awesome movie and something to definitely be proud of. 
specifically because they did write the sequel, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and also the new one coming up next week, which is Bill and Ted Face the Music. So, hey, not a half-bad career overall. Getting back to the movie itself a little bit, I think Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are pretty much perfect in this film, especially Keanu Reeves. He has a very blank look on his face the entire time, and I think that's why a lot of people thought that Keanu Reeves was not all that smart, is <laughs> possibly because of Bill and Ted. But I think the same thing possibly would have happened to Sean Penn, who was the character of Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It's almost a similar type of idea. They're very good at convincingly playing somebody that has nothing going on upstairs. But I think that's one of the things that really makes this movie entertaining is the fact that Bill and Ted themselves uh, have a very innocent way about them even though they're these rocking heavy metal guys that uh, keep in mind that there's not a whole lot of 80s heavy metal being played in the movie which I think is odd considering I don't think they necessarily match up to the music that's being played in the film but I think that may just be my criticism. I kind of feel like if you mentioned the band Iron Maiden twice in the same film, and they're apparently fans, I think you should probably have some Iron Maiden music in the movie itself. I do think that Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey did write this a little bit by actually having Megadeth on the soundtrack for that one. And it looks like uh, there's a song by Mastodon on the new soundtrack. So. At least we're getting some, you know, hard rocking tunes there. Uh, one last thing, and this is my own personal gripe, is that the fact that the version that I watched came from the UK and it was a 4K edition of the movie. It looks fantastic, has a little bit more clarity than some of the other releases that are out there and that's to be expected because of the enhanced resolution and the HDR that is on the 4K disc. However, when I went to start up Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventure on my 4K disc, I got a screen that basically said about how some of the jokes are basically outdated and maybe offensive to some people. And this movie's not really that offensive overall. There's one joke that nowadays it would be considered homophobic. However, I don't think that there's a reason to have that warning before the film. But this is where we've come as far as, uh, I guess, revisiting entertainment uh, from our past. These things are going to be a lot more common, and I don't think they're quite necessary to actually explain what is actually going on in the movie. Every movie is going to be outdated, you know, 10 years down the line because there may be something that doesn't age so well, be it a joke, be it insensitivity. But, well, now we got a warning at the beginning of films. But either way, that's just me venting a little bit here. I think I'm going to close out this episode, so it should go without saying... 
take my advice at the beginning of this episode. If you haven't seen this, definitely check it out. It's excellent. But as a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing, you can shoot me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you do have a free moment, I would appreciate it if you would leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listing platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners, and also it'll allow me to keep making these for you, the listener. And plus, as you know already, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.